Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. We are nearing in at the end of November, which is uh, crazy how quickly this year's went, isn't it? And before we know it, it will be the Olympia, I think, in three weeks' time. And then it's uh, it's uh, 2023 season uh, will be upon us. I think that the actual first Scottish show is about just under 18 weeks away, but there's an earlier show, I think, in England Tubro Show, um, which is NPC IFBB, for those of you that aren't from, from the UK. I think that's actually a couple weeks before. It's usually always, um, they have a regional kind of in the first or second week of March, and then they have like a Ben Weeder, which is a, a pro qualifier a couple of weeks after that. So I know there'll be um, quite a few people doing doing that show. But yeah, really exciting. But a period of time here in the UK where um, a lot of people have either finished competing, they're deep in an off-season, or they've just started their prep. Um, and it's also very exciting. We have uh, everyone that's competing for us across the Scottish season has started dieting um, as of as of now, pretty much this week. And I think we worked it out in one of the shows across the brand. We have 13 people. And that's just because we've had a couple of pickups since the last time I updated this, which um, we're incredibly, I'm not going to say fortunate, because I don't believe in fortune, I believe that you make your own luck through through hard work over the years, but we are incredibly grateful to have so many athletes and the opportunity to put them on stage across the the Scottish season, across those shows, but really to to everyone um, across next year and, and in the years gone by. It's amazing to be part of their journey, but definitely exciting for uh, those, those sort of first Scottish shows, which we are for the most part all capturing on uh, video. And they will be on YouTube, uh, bar one, I think, which we don't have um, access. We're not, we're not allowed. But for the, for the rest of them, uh, we they'll be on YouTube. So watch out for that each week, uh, probably starting the first week of April across that month and thereafter. But um, on to the subject of today's podcast, which is to talk a little bit about an off-season, because I know there'll be many people who have maybe finished competing, uh, whether that was uh, recently, you've done British Finals, um, or maybe you've just done uh, PCA Worlds or the uh, 10X Natural Finals, or whatever it is. So I wanted to do a podcast to talk about what is a good off-season, what does that involve, what does that entail? Now, I guess I shouldn't use the word good. What I should say is, what is a what does an off-season look like and from my perspective? Because there'll probably be people out there that listen to this that will agree with some things, that will uh, not agree with others. And uh, a lot of what I'll speak about, you know, years ago, I didn't do um, to, to the in-depth detail that I do now. And I guess from, from learning from that is, is why I think it's attributed to a lot of success that... Um, we've had with athletes over over the past two years, more, more so specifically over the past two years, I think. The first two years of competing, um, it was something like 25 top threes and 11 wins, whereas the, that was, so it was 2018 to 2020, whereas 2021 and 2022 has been 38 wins and 81 top threes. So quite a significant difference. And a lot of what I'll talk about here, I think, is, is due to that because the majority of the athletes I've worked with have come on board and have went through an off-season with me. So let's not forget that there's always going to be a, a transition period from prep to an off-season, a period of time where you're going to have to look really closely at your nutrition, uh, at your performance, at your recovery, communicate with your coach, improve your relationship with food, um, before you're, you're in a point where like, right, 
now we're, we're effectively pushing hard because remember once you finish prep the body really isn't ready to be going full hog on everything you know 100% giving it the fucking beans as uh, some might say so you are going to have to back off the gas and that, that period of time could be could be four to six weeks there they're about until the body's sort of ready but in that time period in that transition you've got to communicate with the coach a lot tell them about your struggles your food focus will calm down um, you will get to a point where you're eating um, not just because you can but you're eating for your performance needs your recovery needs but uh, there is going to be a couple of days where you maybe eat like a little bit of a bellend um, and I think that's totally <laughs> totally allowed um, regardless of the level that you are at but anyway what I feel you should do regardless and this is what I do with all of all of my athletes now when they come on board regardless of your post or not is map out the journey of the entire off season until the next time you plan to go on stage so you may have seen me or heard me talk about this before a few podcasts a few podcasts ago um, but I feel that is so crucial to the success of any off season because if in the past when when I didn't do it I feel that maybe like decisions were made a little bit later than they should have so when we should have maybe um, entered a recomp or pushed drugs or um, pulled back or whatever it was maybe that was happening two or three weeks later than, than we originally planned whereas if it's kind of down on paper then it's so much easier to follow but it's also so much easier as an athlete to just look at the plan and kind of just know where you're going and where you're heading I've spoken before on podcasts about that feeling lost post-show and that it's it's all too easy when we have don't we feel like we don't have a target we don't have something to work towards but what about if when you finish your show you have a chat and call with your coach and you literally map out you, you talk about the next goal you map out so then you know exactly what you got to do what targets you got to hit to get to that next goal so I think I've given this example before I had a bodybuilder that came on board back in September and he said to me he wanted to compete in 2024 in two rows about, about June so I literally mapped out the, the entire journey up until then which was um, recomping initially for four weeks pushing out with a lot of my athletes I'll map out kind of where we're going to be and what we're going to do with drugs as well but I said to him right from October till let's say the end of March I want to push you and I want to push you up till uh, I think it was about 265 or 270 pounds um, there thereabouts and then in that time period I know when I'm going to increment drugs up and the changes that I'm potentially going to make um, then I said right we'll, we'll plan a recomp for six weeks from say April to the middle of May we're probably going to pull off 15 to 20 pounds in that time period now that's is a very big dude right at 270 so pulling off that amount of weight in that short period of time is easy I said then right we're going to push from middle of May and we're going to push all the way back up to about 265, 270 by the end of, um, for the end of October. We'll have a little bit of a tidy up as of November, pull down, but not, not quite as much. Maybe just pull in, let's say, 255. And then as of December, it'll be more of like a maintenance period holding there, allow his body to recover um, before we then enter prep as of January for the showing um, towards the middle of the year, April, May, May time. So... And that's really from from now, about 18 months away. So it just goes to show you how much, okay, I've mapped that out. So he's like, right, okay, I know when I'm, I know when I'm going to be bulking. I know when I'm going to be recomping. I know when I'm going to be prepping. Um, and that makes it so much easier for him to just stick with it. 
you might be listening to this and you might think, oh, well, well, I don't do that. So does that mean that it's shit? I'm like, well, no, it's not shit. It's just that w- with a plan in place, it's then easier to follow. It's then easier to, to see to see ahead, to see what's coming without without that definitive plan. Now, your coach may have an idea in their head, but wouldn't it be better if you knew? Would it be better? Would it, would it create more um, urgency with each session? Would it create more... Uh, focus with your training when you're going in you keep looking right you keep looking at how many weeks you got left how many months you got left where are we at with every check and i'll always refer back to my original plan that i had with clients so we're mapping up that entire journey now you may have heard me mention there some weight goals as well right so how much are you pushing up above stage weight that's something that you've got to consider it's not just a case of right Show shows over, preps done. So I'm now in a perma bulk um, until I next go on stage, and I'll keep bulking until um, till then. Because if you do that, I guarantee when it comes around to dieting, there's no way you're making it because you're too over fat. And uh, we've seen some of those instances. Heck, I was probably too over fat when I when I went to diet as of uh, last year. Managed to pull it off in the end, but it was still probably a not so great position to be dieting from, um, but hey, lesson learned on that one. But I think this is also important, um, not just for, say, bodybuilders there, but for for any class, um, specifically the likes of the, the bikini class, I feel like there's no, there's no, so one way to get here is I don't think there's any, like, you must push this much above or you must not go this much above because I think that there's two, there's two different camps in the industry, right? One camp is like, oh my God, you should never be going above 10 kilos stage weight bikini girls. One other camp is, oh my God, fuck those guys. You should be putting on as much weight as you need to be, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it's kind of somewhere in the middle, isn't it? Because for me, stage weight is never a true reflection of where someone's at. You've manipulated water. You've maybe used some natural diuretics. There's not a lot of food in the gut. So their weight on show day, um, naturally when you put food and fluid back in and they have a couple of off-plan meals, they're going to go up a couple of kilos, right? So I never say, right, that's where you're pushing up from um, or, or going kind of above stage weight. But at the same time, I, I don't think you should be like, right, we're going to be pushing up 20 kilos above. I'm always like, can we just look at the individual, look at a person and treat them like, treat them like a person? Um, because how one female hold body fat versus how another one holds body fat is completely different. How mu- how muscled they are can dictate how much they need to push up. But this isn't just the same for bikini girls. It's the same for like men's physique guys or um, smaller bodybuilders or whatnot. Like There is an instance where I will say someone needs to kind of get a little bit sloppy to get the muscle on that they needed. And then in future off-season, they need to push up as much. So it could be more about refinement. But please, if you're listening to this, don't go compare, um, you know... Uh, bikini girl number one versus bikini girl number two bikini number three is off season to what you're doing and I think oh I need to do what they are doing just have a chat with your coach about it see what they think see what they say um, and come to like a a, I would say a conclusive um, agreement coaching should never be a dictatorship it should always be um, I like for example I'll I'll say an athlete should be listening to this as well um Competed recently, I was like, look, right, I think off-season wise we should kind of go here. Um, she was like, yeah, I agree, I don't think I want to push up as much as last time. I was like, yeah, you don't need to. But, you know, the off-season before, I was like, you definitely needed to do it to get the size on you've got now. But because she's got it on, 
doesn't necessarily need to go to go there. Whereas um, if you maybe maybe you're out there and you've only lifted weights for a year and you want to compete and you don't have much muscle, well, like you need to push more on. You need to walk around a bit more, um, be a bit more uncomfortable with a bit more body fat uh, to get that muscle on. So yeah, main, main main sort of point from that I think is just knowing how much you're going to push up from like your stage weight or um, from your lowest weight when you were recomping or whatever it is and having that as a sort of target of right okay well over the course of um, six months you know maybe we want to add anywhere from six seven kilos from our female uh, all the way up till you know male bodybuilders putting on 25 30k right whatever it is I don't care who you are what class you do um, have a set specific goal work that out just so you know like right okay by the end of november i want to be here by the end of december we want to be here so that rate of gain how much do we need per week how much do we need per month um does that kind of is that coinciding with uh, where we're at from a compositional standpoint are we too far are we not you know are are, are we in a good spot how's recovery how's hunger how's appetite so much to take into consideration but it's worthwhile having some targets some some tangibles in front of you uh, just as you would have targets and tangibles coming down, like, okay, I think stage weight will be this, so we need to be here by these months. The same thing as you are pushing back up. I think number two, so we've talked about transition period, we've talked about mapping the journey out, etc., etc. Um, I think number two or three, whatever you want to call it, um, is setting major, major, major performance-based goals from the get-go. Now, this isn't doesn't need to be something you need to do have a conversation with coach about. You could do this personally. But the most success I've ever had personally in my bodybuilding career, like the most amount of muscle muscle that I've been able to gain in off-seasons, when I look back uh, in the difference from year to year, it's just how productive I am in my off-season. But my approach to any off-season has always been, right, um, I want to I wanna move seven plates on that hack. I want to lift, you know, 230 off the floor. I want to press X amount of plates on the hammer strength incline or whatever it is. Every single off season now, I've personally done that because that's just I love doing that. I love being better. I love trying to improve on things. Um, but I always think I always preach that as, and that's just something that you should do if you want to improve and you want to be better. Now, here's why: if you don't do that, and you say, "Hey, let's see how it goes. Let's be stronger," you know, in that initial first few weeks post show, you're absolutely still fucking buzzing. You're on a high. Um, and then all of a sudden, like that calms down, re- the real world kicks in. You realize your next show is like eighteen months away. You then maybe just stop training as hard. You don't even realize it. You know something, something's not moved uh, for a while, or you've just not put any intent on adding weight to the bar or whatever. You stop log booking. You just stop growing if you're doing that. Regardless if you're pushing your food and adding weight, if you stop pushing weight, stop progressing weight on the bar, you are no longer growing. I'm afraid it's as simple as that. Um, so here's what you could do. Look at every single lift across your logbook. Look at the big fuckers. Like look at the hack squats. Look at the deadlift variations. Look at the Smith squats, the leg presses, the 45G hip extensions, hip thrusters, whatever it is. Look at the big fuckers. I think, right, in the next six months or five months, however long your off-season is or whatever it is, how much weight do I want to add to that? Now, make it fucking realistic, of course. Don't be a bell and a bear and think, oh, I want to add 100 kilos to that, right? Bollocks. Probably not going to do that. If you are doing that, you must be taking really good gear. Sit, drop me a DM and let me know what the gear is and if we've got any spare. But no, listen, on the real, um, 
be realistic about it. Have a chat with your coach if you are unsure what is um, realistic and what's not. So let's say you think, right, I'm hip thrusting 100 kilos and uh, I'm fucking determined to make that 140. And you think, right, cool, that's quite a big jump. So uh, then you might go, right, well, over the course of six months or seven months, whatever, divide 40 kilos by the seven months. How much do I roughly need to add to the bar every single month to do that? Now, you're not maybe not. it's not going to go that way. There'll be some weeks where you'll be stronger, months you'll be stronger, progression's quicker, slower, blah, blah, blah. But then you think, right, right, okay, roughly, I then need to maybe add X amount of weight to the bar each week, X amount of weight to the bar each month to then get there. You go, oh, that's actually pretty realistic. So then it goes from this big scalable that's unatta- goal that's unattainable to something that's like, right, well, that's actually um, bang on. I think I could, I think I could do that. Now, it then means that every single week, every single month, every single session, you're going in, you know you, you know your targets. Right, I've got to hit two more reps this week at that same weight before I can put the weight up. Right, I've got to improve my form at that same rep and that same load before I've got the, the right to move up there. So I think that your focus and intensity for, for your sessions improves and increases, makes you feel good, completely takes your focus point away from how you look. In an off-season scenario, in a transition period scenario into an off-season, people can get down, uh, particularly about how they look. I find not so, not not so much guys, but particularly females, um, can get down at how they look and losing losing uh, the shreds and whatnot, um, losing being lean. When we know that progress doesn't happen when you're lean, we know it happens when you are gaining. However, it's it can be all too easy to feel um, unhappy with how you look. But I feel when you shift this focus away from how someone's looking to to what their body can do, it's so empowering. So, so empowering. Because then you start falling in love with fucking hell, I just hip thrusted that. I just fucking squatted that. And it gets you feeling good. Get a hit of dopamine, right? So then you're okay with being a bit being a bit softer because you feel fucking strong. If you're out there and you're listening to this and you don't value being strong, you'll never be a great bodybuilder. And uh, I'm sorry if that's come to a shock to a few of you, but you must, must value being strong. If getting stronger wasn't part of being, being like doing bodybuilding, I probably wouldn't do it because I fucking love feeling strong for me. Um, and that's not comparing what I do to anyone else, what else does, or you shouldn't do the same. What you can lift versus what someone else can lift doesn't matter. It's what's strong for you. So I think that's a major, like two major, major points uh, that if you're not doing it off-season, I feel you need to do, if, it, if you want it to be as pro- the most productive off-season you've ever had, map the journey out, set some performance-based goals. Now, moving on, I think that these are of equal importance, but maybe just, just a smidgen less. Um, well, no, fuck it. They're as equally as important. Let's just say that. Um, but the first two is often what people don't do. I guess that's what I should have said. The two things that people don't do that you should do. Um, number three, or four, whatever, uh, wherever we're at, is to treat your off-season like a prep. Stay consistent. I, I, I said in a post, stay consistently disciplined. Let me repeat that. Stay consistently disciplined. Now, when you prepped, I bet that you ate your meals at the same time. You trained at the same time. You went to bed at the same time. You did your cardio at the same time. You fucking had a shit at the same time every single day. Why, 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 why does it, when then gets an off season, 
does nutrition slip skip meals or we have fucking chocolate bars in between them or we go for poor nutritional choices or we start training later on or a session's missed or it's not the end of the world right why why does that happen when we grow and we improve in, in an off season in the gaining phase of bulk whatever the fuck you want to call it that's where we grow that's where we improve see the guys and girls out there that come back on stage maybe year in year out or you know a couple years apart that look incredibly better it's because they have been so fucking religiously consistent in their off season they have continued to prep and eat their meals roughly at the same time as they probably were on prep you know eating pre-workout at the right time post-workout post-workout too blah 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 they have went to bed at the same time Right, they've not stayed up because they've got more energy to watch fucking, uh, you know, dancing bears on ice or whatever, whatever the shite is these days. Um, I don't really watch TV. I mostly watch Tom's Tank Engine because um, that's what happens when you have kids. But yeah, where they stay up to watch some shite on TV. You know, when as sad as it sounds, I still remember like here here's something. This is why most uh, most women out there that have uh, bodybuilders as their husbands or partners. I also never need to worry about us because we're never going to go to the pub on a Friday, Saturday night because fucking legs the next day. And we want to get a good sleep. We want to be energised and we want to be hitting BBs and legs. So we won't stay at three in the morning, right? Coming home, phoning us, when to remember coming home or, you know, scrambling kebabs and walking at three. And we won't do that, right? Because we're up, at, we're up um, one hit legs. And that was me a few years ago. The fuck still is. Don't really go to the pub, don't drink, haven't done for so for a couple of years. But in general, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Is yeah, of course, listen, I understand that there's life. Life has things on weddings, Christmas, events, things like that. Yeah, okay, right. Off plan stuff, events, and that that's in there every now and then. That's cool. But if it's every single week, you're just not utilising, uh, you're not. You're never going to truly fulfil um, your potential or what you could do. I'm not saying that you need to sacrifice things and eat boring chicken and rice all day. I'm just saying, please treat your off-season, your gaining phase, um, just like you did a prep in regards to how consistent you were, how br- brutally on it you were. Because if you don't, you will not look much better next time you come back to stage. And again, I'm afraid to say that. Not afraid to say it, I'm absolutely fine with saying it, but yeah, it's maybe something that's hard, hard to hear. So yeah, that third point, treat it just like you would do your prep. I will say, look, prep never ends. It's just where we're fucking at in a journey because you're off-season, you're still preparing for your next time on stage. You're preparing, but you're, it's, it's a, it's a muscle-building phase. That's kind of how you maybe look at it. Prep never changes. It's just how much you're eating or how little you're eating and how much you're moving or not moving in this in this case. Um, another major point, I think, is I don't care the level that you are at. Um, if you are a beginner or if you are an experienced competitor, you should be videoing your sets and you should be critiquing them, obsessing over that form and execution. You've obsessed over your performance goals of how much weight you want in the bar. So you equally need to obsess over how you're moving that. Because with newfound levels of strength and weights will come a little bit of, you know, form being off a little bit. Eccentric tempo is a bit quick. And continually looking over or having someone look over your movements is a sure fine way of 
like ensuring that that new load that you're that you're lifting is warranted, it's allowed. Is that is that right? It's allowed, but it's it's right for you to be doing so, and you've got the um, you've got to go ahead to be like, yeah, okay, I've got the right that I can put even more weight on the bar here, rather than okay, I've put the weight up fucking five kilos, but I'm I'm moving it like a sack of tatties, or I've just speeded things up, I'm working on momentum or bouncing. I think we're all guilty of it because we all get really excited as bodybuilders. We're all, we're all fucking stubborn, aren't we? Uh, we all, our logbook says, right, look, just do an extra rep here and we go, fuck it, add another two and a half on. And then we do the set and we go, for fuck's sake, I should have listened. And then you just end up doing the same thing every other week, don't you? Have a few good weeks of, yeah, yeah taking it slow, taking it slow, and all of a sudden the fuck it voice comes on and then you go, why did I do that? Um, I'm the same. So for as much as you obsess over load, I think you need to obsess over execution. I think that transition period between prep and off-season is a great great way to relearn some movement patterns that maybe have gotten sloppy and to then set a baseline level of performance or platform for uh, your trajectory moving forward for the rest of the off-season. Like if you start the off-season with shite form, it's only going to get worse when you add load to it, right? But if you start off and everything's nailed, uh, to the last fucking nth degree on every single move, you've got a brilliant platform moving forward, don't you? To just keep adding weight to the bar, keep getting stronger. But why is that then missed? Why is it then just, you know, a little bit of a lull period after show, then all of a sudden things get sloppy and whatnot? But I, I do think we should be obsessing over our execution, our form throughout the journey. I don't think it really ever ends. Like me, where I'm at, um, how long I've been lifting for, I still video sets, I'm still looking to see where I can improve, or okay, well, how was that, where was my elbow here, what were my hips doing there, oh fuck right, okay, I was doing this too much, I was not doing this enough, and I'm still doing that man, and I'm not afraid to say I'm still doing that, because what, like how we lift, like lifting's a skill, right, and it's a skill that you want to perfect, right, I'm, I'm correct in saying that, now, the thing is, we make that skill harder, right? We uh, we add load, we add more load, we make it harder. So then that skill becomes harder to perform. Now, let's use a different sport, golfer, right? Let's say a golfer like gets really good at hitting a golf ball a certain way. And then all of a sudden, one day he wants to just like hit it a bit further. So he has to swing harder. See, so videos himself because he hits it and he starts going wayward to the left, to the right. So he videos himself, see what he's doing wrong. Oh, I need to tweak my hand position here. I need to do this with my hips. He improves that. Then he wants to hit it further again. You know, similar sort of analogy, but it's referring to a skill that he already knows, but he's made it a bit harder by swinging a bit faster and harder. We're doing the same. We know a skill, but we're making it harder by putting more load on the barn. In that scenario, if you're obsessing over form, says own performance that's where last and not least point is when something stalls a move stalls for two or three weeks just please please change it don't continue to say all oh, right okay yeah the leg press i mean stuck at 200 kilos uh, for you know god forever that's i hate i hate hearing that i go when, how long has this been stalled for and I go, oh god for ages and i'm like why wasn't why did we discuss this like after it stalled for two or three weeks so i encourage all my clients to say, look after two or three weeks something's stalling We'll, we've probably looked at it by that point, but we then need to change the intent, the tempo, the, the move itself. We need to rotate out, we need to add a band in or whatever it is, um, do a completely different move to allow you to continue to progress. 
because it's your continual progression accumulating more load on the bar that will dictate how much the, the body's adaptive response the body's response of gaining muscle the only thing the body knows a muscle isn't intelligent right your body's intelligent but a muscle only just knows what it's being asked to do and the load it's being asked to move and if you continue to ask more of it over time it will adapt and it will get stronger simple as that if you just stick with it, the same move same load it's not going to see any reason to get any stronger you've maybe just just taken a taken a move for all it's worth You've had the hacks going for 20 weeks and you've fucking progressed at loads and all of a sudden it's just not moving. Well, just be open to changing that move to allow you to then continue to progress and add new muscle mass. This is where having a coach is so advantageous. Someone to take that pressure away, that, that stress away, that thought process of, oh, should I change this? Shouldn't I change that? And this is where I think if you aren't working with one, you need to hire, hire one immediately. If you want to be better next time you come back on stage. And this is something, as I says, I do with all my athletes. So if you're not doing any of what we spoke about in today's podcast, get in touch today, arrange your free consultation, and let's get you started and let's get you set up. As I've said to you, the past two years, go back to the start of the podcast and listen to the the, the, the more results we've had over the past couple of years, have come from doing and focusing on all of this with our athletes day in, day out, because an off-season, it's not just a week right it's months it's you know say five six month period of recomp and another five six month period maybe you repeat that two or three times so this is where there needs to be continual communication across the board with everything everything's always mapped out you know where you're pushing you know what you're doing you know what your targets are on certain moves you've been disciplined at all times obsessing over form execution communicating with your coach and when you come back to stage I promise you guys and girls, if you do this, you're just going to look so much better, so different. And it will show, it will show so much on stage versus the last time you were on there. Who's been working and who's been not? And don't be walking on stage knowing that you could have done more and you slapped in your off-season. So I will leave it there. Um, Been a bit of a ramble uh, this, uh, this episode, but... As you could probably tell, I love I love speaking about this shit. Um, it's my uh, it's my it's the thing I do, and this is why we are uh, at the amount of episodes we are. So uh, if you are out there in your off season uh, and you're struggling, do reach out. Um, if you are thinking about competing next year, as I says, my I specialise in athletes in their first or third year. Um, so drop me a DM to get started. If not, guys, I hope you're well. And wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.